This is the Rag Guys Podcast, where we're trying to bring a little bit of sanity to crazy, crazy world. And now your hosts, Josh Hammerling and Max Mudd-White. Welcome back. Another edition of Rag Guys Podcast. Max McGuire here with Josh Hammerling. Uh, we've been going Wednesday, Friday, but uh, I messaged you over the weekend said, Josh, can we do a Monday one? Just because what's going on in Israel is is so terrible, I, I didn't think we could wait until Wednesday to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I haven't been doing well. I haven't been doing well watching this. Um, I, I've never been to Israel, but I did uh, live abroad for a time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a study abroad program, but I lived for about three months in Lebanon in Beirut. And it is heartbreaking to see the videos coming out of Israel because I've been to towns and villages that look just like that, just across the border into Lebanon. And uh, it's just, it's very harrowing to to watch that and realize um, that I've met people who live in villages like that. And it's, it's crazy. It's, I, I, I was talking to you before we came on. There were a lot of videos I was going to pull. But I don't didn't think I could do them justice with blurring out what needed to be blurred out. Really barbaric stuff, um, beheadings mm-hmm. involving children, um, the practice of taking someone's phone, Hamas terrorists running into a village, taking their victim's phone, logging into their social media, and live streaming their own assassination. That's that happened during all of that. An elderly woman, too frail to be taken hostage, just burnt alive in her own home. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I hadn't seen that. And, and you know what? <laughs> What's crazy is out of all of this, the, the thing that started actually made me cry was seeing a village of them just shooting a dog. And, like, it, it's like I, I just watched so, many, so much brutality and, mm-hmm. and horror. I, I didn't expect what what would actually bring me to tears was watching them just indiscriminately shoot a dog. Um, this isn't like war, Max. This is like a uh, cleansing. It's disgusting. The act of it was like an ethnic cleansing. That's what it is. Yeah. This isn't like, this is pure barbarism. This, this isn't trying to go after somebody's resources or their stuff, their things. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it's over land. I, I don't claim to know enough, but when you're going through and you're, you're beheading babies and you're killing people because they exist. You know, <laughs> that, that goes beyond the pale. I mean, I would not, I would spend every last resource I had fighting back if I was Israel at this point. Every, every last ounce. Well, did you see the press release that came out of the U.S. ambassador's office to Israel? No. The press release that first came out after the terrorist attack because let's be very clear this was two things it was an invasion a legitimate bona fide invasion invasion yeah that was coordinated with iranian generals who were in lebanon at the time they gave it the green light they were coordinating it hamas invaded israel by land by air and by sea they invaded by sea with these little pot these little small boats but they they attacked a, a israeli naval yard right mm-hmm. The air, did you see the video of the air? 
they had these paramotors, basically just chairs with gigantic fans on the Inside, back of them. Yep. And then a parachute, and they they paramotored over the border, and they landed near this festival, this dance festival in the desert, and they killed a couple hundred people. This is like stuff you see in thought up in comic books. I mean, it's dastardly. I you would have to spend days and hours thinking of the way that would get in, right? And people have been critical of some of the the intelligence gathering stuff. Guys, when somebody wants to attack you, they find a way to do it. They find a way to do it, right? You, you first off, I'm sure everybody's been impressive with trying to figure this stuff out. But when they come paragliding in, you there must have been a reason they chose that, knowing that they might not be targeted, right? Near a festival. Well, it was right? a peace festival. A peace festival. It, and it if, you had, festival. if you had paragliders in the air, would you want to scramble jets and stuff like that? No. There would be no thinking saying, this might be a threat, right? It might not fit what they were doing as far as them trying to figure out as intelligence gatherers what's going on, right? It's dastardly. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, this is, it's... This is the video of them running from running for their lives. Are they tagging with cars too? So this is this is the the people running from that festival for their lives. And this was put out by Khamenei, Iranian cleric. God willing, the cancer of the usurper Zionist regime will be eradicated at the hands of the Palestinian people and the resistance forces throughout the regime. Oh These God. were Mostly teenagers, 20-year-olds, at a dance festival, running for their lives. And you have one of the top people of a foreign country applauding the fact that most of them were gunned down. I didn't realize that he had posted that. Yeah. That's... Twitter, I mean, good on Elon Musk. He has hidden the video, so I yeah. had to click through a couple things to see it. Um, listen, I, I don't like, I don't like dehumanizing language because we've seen through world history that the reason you dehumanize the other side is to make it easier to do to them what you'd be very uncomfortable doing to another human being. You, you, yeah. And we've done, the U.S. has done that. World War One, World War Two, the propaganda we put out against the Japanese, making them look like little mousy people against the, the Krauts, making them look like monsters to condition GIs to be willing to pull the trigger because if you don't do that, human nature takes over and you become very hesitant just to kill someone else, another human being. So sure. I don't like dehumanizing language, but um, there's very little humanity I can find in what happened. Like, like th yeah. this, these weren't uniformed soldiers fighting the other side. This wasn't resistance, what we've seen from so many... Um, pro-Palestinian groups basically trying to explain away this ethnic cleansing. This was barbarism. So I don't know how to describe it other than it's it's subhuman. And this is coming from someone who doesn't like using that language. Yeah. Remember but, just last week, we had a conversation about how our government was using the same kind of language, yeah. right? And now it, yeah. it, like, it hit me like a brick just when I'm serious thinking about that. What I was going to say next, right? Like all this heavy stuff hitting me all at once. And it's like, we see it. And then it, it performs somewhere in the world, right? A yeah. thing that shouldn't happen that like that anymore. I would think our, in, in our modern world, 
that such a thing wouldn't and couldn't happen, but it did. And it is still going on. I mean, there is a war going on in Israel now. I didn't realize they were coming in from the sea. I mean, if you're coming in on a three-pronged war, that is a yeah. well-planned, coordinated attack. There are a lot of hands involved here, Max. There is a lot going on here. I mean, how deep does this go with those who have rendered aid to these terrorist groups? And if that's the case, how far does this thing go? We've seen world history where one thing pops off and it turns into a wildfire. Ukraine was one fire and it's almost there. Now we've got now we've got two and a, and a major one at that, an ethnic cleansing and a, a large superpower trying to take back territory. It's 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 a perfect recipe for disaster. It's it's got to be stress inducing for anybody who who watches this on a world stage. Imagine what the CIA must be thinking. Imagine what your local government. Oh, no. They're too busy looking at us, Josh. We're the enemy, right? We're the enemy. Realize they were asleep at the wheel because all of the resources that have been traditionally devoted to identifying radical Islamic terrorist threats have been redirected to us, right? So even if it's not protecting our borders, the U.S. has still traditionally kept an eye on it because as we've seen th these past couple of days, there are Americans among the dead in Israel. So it's not something like, oh, we can just ignore it. I'll leave that up to the Israelis. They can handle that. We watch this stuff around the world. But under Biden, we've seen a radical shift away from prioritizing these radical Islamic terrorist threats instead to going after the agave, the anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremists, a.k.a. MAGA voters. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned Ukraine. I wanted to put something on the screen. Because we were talking about this a bit over text as we were preparing for the show. Traditionally, Hamas, Hezbollah, all these different terrorist groups, traditionally they've used Soviet bloc weapons. AK-47s, oh, right? Dragunov kind of rifles, Makarov pistols. Things that are that, old sometimes. Yeah. Old. Because that's what their sponsors had. So they get weapons from Iran. What does Iran have? Iran has whatever they can buy from Russia, right? Russia. China, maybe. There's a trend in the videos that I've seen coming out of Israel. There's still videos showing that, that fighters are using AKs. But there's a disturbing number of videos showing both these terrorists and the Palestinian people at large wielding American weapons. Like, undeniably american weapons i have a video i showed it to josh but let me go ahead and put mm. it on the screen showing a celebration in palestine palestinian areas after this attack and look at what this one person's wielding <laughs> it's an m16 an m4 It looks like, yep, there we go. So that's an M4 because there's no select fire. That's M4. Now, Josh, traditionally, I, I, I learned a lot about this when I lived abroad. Mm -hmm. American weapons were always the most expensive. You could get a Kalashnikov for mm -hmm. a couple hundred bucks. Sure. Right? They had those. They had more Kalashnikovs than they had olives <laughs> in Lebanon. And, and that's one of their major yeah, exports. A lot, yeah, 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 yeah. There's so a lot there's, of there's, there's a Kalashnikov, Kalashnikov behind every door. But if you wanted an M16 or you wanted an M4, 
you'd have to shell out like twenty to thirty thousand U.S. dollars. Whew. That was the going rate. Wow. Now that was just ten years ago. Yeah, I've been looking, and that had been the going rate up until a couple years ago. Oh my gosh! And all of a sudden now, I mean, let, let let's I'll, I'll I'll turn off the volume. Yeah. But let's put this on the screen again. Um, yeah, do these sad. people look like people that have twenty thousand, thirty thousand lying around? Not at all. And that's like, not an insult. If no. you know anything, I mean, look at that building. I don't. Building... I, I still had twenty grand just to be like, you know what? Yeah, you know, I, I don't have twenty grand. Okay, right. Who's gonna do that? Who? Not the normal person off the street. Like you can see, that building is leeching power from another building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these are not. <laughs> the, yeah. the, that's kind of the norm in this part of the world. You look at you look out into a street, and there's just extension cords everywhere, and it's always the one hotel that's paying for everyone's power. These don't look like people. Who have 30 grand just sitting around these are the people who live in the gaza strip are among the poorest in the world because they really don't have any real prospects because there's nothing there's there's nothing for them there they're not a real country so to see this little girl carrying a thirty thousand dollar piece according to their exchange rate and the rate the rate of exchange there and then see another person in the background carrying one and then seeing she's also holding a glock which was a couple grand yeah there has been a very obvious influx of american weapons into palestine and the israelis are reporting it the israelis are reporting it and the israelis are worried that they're coming from ukraine let me see if i can find that um yeah two article two sources that I think that there would be available weapons in a, in a world market that would be Ukraine and probably anything that was left over from Joe Biden abandoning Afghanistan. Right? You're talking about some weapons. I don't know how many were there. Certainly not millions of dollars worth, maybe. Like, I, you know, total numbers of rifles, right? That makes a big deal. Everybody's got a rifle can fight. So, you know, the more rifles you have, you bigger your army. So that, that would be my two guesses, right, on, on a world stage, right? Or, you know, there might be other players, but I doubt it because there's already players in that game over there, you know? From Newsweek, hardly a conservative outlet, hardly a pro-Israel outlet. Headline, Israel worries U.S. weapons for Ukraine are ending up in Iran's hands. Why are they worried about that? Because they're starting to see them in the hands of Hezbollah Terror. and Hamas. And, and the PLO as a whole. So they're worried. They're, they're doing raids. This is not, I'm not making this up. Israel for months has, have been raiding these terrorist compounds in Palestine, finding crates of American weapons. And it only started happening after we started sending weapons to Ukraine. So now the other side of it is it could be Afghanistan. Remember, we left $82 billion of military hardware? Sure. But, it might, but that might be just another... That might be showing up later. I mean, what? where did all this stuff go and where is it coming from? Somebody's... They're getting their hands on these weapons. How are they being fed to them? Who, you know, who's making those arrangements? You know, is anybody paying attention? I mean, I'm sure uh, yeah. Mossad and some of the other organizations, I think they've got one or two more that are like really into that. And figuring out where the stuff's coming from. I mean, they, I'm sure they're doing a fabulous job because if not, they, you know, they'd be attacking all the time. So where are these weapons coming from? How are they paying attention? To, 
to to who's bringing it in. I mean, if if we if there's a direct connection for to American weapons coming out of Ukraine, then Joe Biden has indirectly funded terrorism abroad. Yeah. Yeah. We already so, did that in Afghanistan, didn't he? So, so now twice? There's four ways that they can come in. They can come in from Lebanon. They can come in from Syria into the Golan Heights. They can come in from Jordan, or they can come in from Egypt. Now, Jordan traditionally is our ally. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they're beyond doing something like this. Right. Doesn't mean that they're beyond turning a blind artists. eye while another organization does something like this. And everything that enters the West Bank, a lot of it comes from Jordan, right? But if you look at Gaza, there's really no surprise where Gaza's getting its weapons. It's getting it from Egypt. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that stuff could be smuggled in from Lebanon or Syria and sure. then get trafficked along the entire length of Israel down to Gaza. But more likely than not, this stuff is coming in through Egypt, through tunnels, or being smuggled in from the yeah. sea, but even that's harder to do. Yeah, I think it'd be really hard to do it via sea. Now, it doesn't mean you can't get small boats out there and start doing it, but oh, you, you know, could. there might have been like a really ma- like a mass effort if you have lots of little hands moving in one or two rifles at a time. Unless they are coming in in crates, and if they're coming in crates, I mean, they're coming in by the truckload, right? Well, well they have pretty truckloads of weapons showing up, right? They have pretty serious tunnels. Um, these aren't like little rat tunnels. Yeah, they, I mean, they have a pretty serious tunnel network. Them. Yeah, little trucks. Some of those little ja- Japanese trucks, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could truck in a lot yeah. of hardware. A lot of tonnage can come in, right? Guns, ammunition, uh, medical equipment, food, people, right? I mean, you could just... The only well, thing that no really didn't was people. There's yeah. no shortage of countries around Israel that would either help or turn a blind eye to the trafficking of weapons. Mm-hmm. What's really going to be a uh, something to look out for is if Israeli helicopters start getting blown out of the sky. Mm-hmm. If Israeli helicopters start getting blown out of the sky with Stinger missiles, then it's undeniable that weapons from Afghanistan and or Ukraine have made their way there. And uh, I hope it doesn't happen. Right. I, I would hate to be, I would hate for that to happen to be proven right. But the right. Israelis are very worried. The Israelis are very worried that it's not just small arms that made its way into the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. I mean, how dirty of an administration you have to be to to inadvertently fund terrorism or purposefully? Uh, because there's never is that. Can I make that statement? I don't know. Would it? Would somebody do yeah. that? That would almost mean. That the federal government, our federal government, gave these weapons with no intention of, of figuring out wherever they, where where they would end up. They just gave them to them, right? I mean, it's like giving, uh, just a terrible idea. Because now, if they don't actually use those weapons, are they actually waging war in the capacity that they say they need the aid to do it in? Well, the aid's always been bullshit. Let's just let's just call it what it is. The aid's been bullshit. Um. Every dollar that we give to Gaza or the West Bank, whatever the form it's in, is one less dollar that Hamas, as a governmental organization, because they're the leading party in Gaza, that's one less dollar that they have to spend themselves, right? So when you truck in a bunch of food, well, guess what? The government run by Hamas doesn't have to pay for food. What do they get to pay for? 
really two things. One, waging war against against Israel. But two, paying for welfare and benefits for the families of the dead terrorists who die in the act of waging war. That's a huge expense for the Palestinian um, Authority um, in, in, uh, in the West Bank as well as ha uh, Hamas in Gaza. If you, if you are the parents and, and your child dies fighting jihad against the Israelis, you get, it's, it's, it's like J.G. Wentworth, you get your cash now. And there's a huge amount of money that goes into funneling funds into those families. So when you give them food aid, yeah, we all want people to not go hungry, but you're alleviating the responsibility of the local government to provide that food. When you give healthcare funding, yeah, we don't want people to get sick, right? But you're alleviating the responsibility for the government to pay for that healthcare. We sent them COVID funding, Josh. Do you really think that they use that money to fight COVID? <laughs> Just be honest. Just be honest. Incentivizing jihad. No, of course not. It's incentivizing jihad. We send money for education. Josh, what do you think they teach in the textbooks? Destroy America, destroy Israel. Bingo. K every, through 12. Every, sentence. every grade. Every grade, the Palestinian Authority's textbooks glorify terror and anti-Semitism. Again, Haaretz. They, they indoctrinate for death and martyrdom. I've seen some screenshots, never been able to verify whether they're real or not, but using teaching like math through word problems, but yeah. the word problems instead of like, oh, Johnny has five apples. Mm -hmm. Cindy takes away two. How many does he have left? Mm -hmm. The word problems are using like hypotheticals of jihad. It's insane. And we right. gave them money for this. We funded their education. And guess what? Their education rates, their literacy rates have not significantly increased since we've started pouring money in. What has increased? The number of rockets that have been fired into Israel. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And listen, we're, no, we're not Zionists. You're not a Zionist, right? No, no. I'm not even like super pro-Israel. I, I think that there are definitely times where Israel deserves to be called out for things that they do. I'm not sitting here saying Israel is right in everything they do at all times, mm -hmm. but it's very obvious when you're a country and they just raised the death toll for Israelis killed. It's up. It's upwards of 900. I heard over a thousand already. Oh, it just went radio report. And it was just on a radio report before well, the show. And the, the radio reports are including the uh, Palestinians. Are it's they? over. Okay. It's oh, over 1500. If you include the Palestinians, I want to dive in because they're going to yeah. mix those numbers together as much as they can. I know at least 900, and that was because they found an entire village where everyone was dead. And they hadn't been to that village yet. And that was over 100 people. So it jumped from 800 to 900. Today. It might have gone over 1,000. I haven't been looking at it in the last yeah, hour. Yeah, I... But I do know, really simple math, Israel has about 9.3 million people in it. Let's just round down for easy math, 9 million people. 900 killed out of a population of 9 million. We have 320 million. This attack on Israel, like proportionally, would be like 32,000 Americans being killed. Like as a percentage of the population, they lost the same percentage of their population as we would lose if we lost 32,000 in a single terrorist attack. Almost 11 9-11s. Proportionally. Right. It's right. 
this it, it's a gross number when adjusted to size man I, I losing that many lives regardless of, of there's it's like a stadium you go to a stadium any one of the sports stadiums you have in town right and then suddenly they take one third of those people and they just kill them all in the middle of the stadium yeah and they want to continue that right I mean, I'm trying to put it in perspective for people seeing how the kind of bloodshed that's happening there, right? Would you want to go somewhere where you'd see 100 people that were being killed? The answer is absolutely no, no. not. And it's 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 gross. It's barbarism. I mean, it's a jihad. Like, it's a true jihad. This is the attack on Israel that the those deep extremists have been planning for 50 years. I mean... And, and there are different types of jihad. Yeah. Jihad generally means armed struggle. Yeah. But philosophically, it's possible to say jihad to mean like an everyday struggle. Like yeah. if you're if yeah. you are trying to avoid vice, like if you're if you're a habitual gambler and you're addicted to gambling and you're a Muslim, you say I'm not going to do that. That's that's your jihad. That's your struggle, right? So it's possible, at least philosophically, for it not to be violence. But it sure as hell seems to be all violent these days. Um, as we're talking about just the barbarism of this, did you see the original tweet that the U.S. Embassy put out? I did not either. I am. I'm at a disadvantage on this one. I, are you going to shock me with this one too? Do it. Just uh, go. Just go. Just go. Just go. Uh, it's too late. I, I have to not. I have to stop laughing because it's not funny. Um, let me just make sure it's in frame. Yeah. I, I just um, get nervous every time. They called on Israel to stand down. Israel just lost a, a 900 to 1,000 of its own people. That picture is unrelated. That's an ad that I paused. Yeah. Um, Israel lost 900 to 1,000 people in a terror attack. And the first thing that came out of the U.S. Office for Palestinian Affairs, sorry, not Israeli, um, but it called for the Israelis to stand down and to not retaliate. Please don't resist those trying to kill you in this moment. We're walking through... Your, your areas and just wiping out villages with AKs and chopping babies up. That's post unavailable. They deleted please, please it. Don't please don't resist. But here, here's the actual resist. text. We unequivocally condemn the attack of Hamas terrorists and the loss of life that has occurred. That has incurred. We urge all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. Terror and violence solve nothing. That was up. I would, I would And not, they deleted it. That is a, like, that was up. Somebody went with that post. How it better? Oh my gosh! If I had, man, <laughs> if I was running that organization, I'd be pissed. Take it and, down. And take listen, it down right now. Listen, that. Imagine if this was just like a one-off. Imagine if this was an angry Palestinian driving up to a checkpoint yeah. and shooting a single Israeli soldier. Terrible. Can't do Horrible. it. Bloodthirsty act of terrorism. But I could understand in that situation saying Israel. Don't bomb the shit out of Gaza just because of this one attack. Right. Calm down. Let's figure out if there was anyone else involved, right? I could understand. I could at least rationalize that response. But for this, where they literally invaded Israel by land, by air, and by sea, killing as many people as they could, as, as I just, as we explained at the start, beheading children, going in, taking victim cell phones, logging into their social media accounts, and posting the videos of their own assassination so their friends and family could see them dive live on camera. That's so sick, right? It's, it, that's not, it, it's, it's beyond barbarism, 
right? Because even the barbarians at the gates wouldn't do something like that. No, it's it's evil. Yeah. And to see yeah. that response from the Office of Palestinian Affairs saying, whoa, 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 don't fight back. At a time when Israel didn't even know if the attack was over. We, yeah. we didn't even, they're still looking for these terrorists. Hey, man, listen, this is, this is a, an event. This attack was not meant to just scare Israel, right, into doing something like some of the random little bombings, or I say little bombings, but those, those smaller bombings yeah. that happen, right, that are meant there to terrorize. This was an event to try to take over the country. When you're attacked on four prongs, three prongs like that, the intention is to kill as many of you as possible and, and then push into the cities. That's what yeah. they're hoping on this. So what's the next wave? If That's what I want to know. I mean, if this is just the first, this could just be the start. What else yeah. is sitting there waiting to happen? It, that's probably why they're bombing the, the ever-loving snot out of what and the, we, and we the have West some Bank. Video. Is the West Bank? We have, the... we have some uh, Gaza. Gaza. West Bank is being very quiet right now. Okay. <laughs> they're being very quiet. And in fairness, the West Bank isn't actually that big. On maps, oh. it looks like it's big. It does, um, but I've never been there, so I don't know. But there have been yeah. so many Israeli settlements that have happened that the actual area that's controlled by Palestine, Palestinian um, officials, is very, very small. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and put this up on the screen for the West Bank. Um, and it gets smaller. It gets smaller as, as there's more Israeli settlements that get built. Um, so the West Bank tends to be like this big area, right? Mm-hmm. But unless it's one of these shaded bits, um, the rest is not controlled by by Palestinian civil or security officials. Mm. It's controlled by Israel. And all those blue dots are Israeli settlements in between. So the West Bank isn't that big. And there are even some settlements that you can see in Gaza. There are even some settlements in Gaza, too. So even Gaza, Gaza Strip isn't completely controlled by the Palestinians. No, but the West Bank is being very quiet right now. Being very quiet. But you can also see if if they were to launch a similar attack, there are far more settlements behind their lines mm-hmm. than there were in in uh in easy reach of Gaza. I mean, I and now you've got people, everyday people, you've got shop owners and teachers and everyone now have to take up arms to defend the nation. Right. I mean, it's this is an all out war. You don't know what's coming. I still don't know what it's on its way. This thing isn't over unless, you know, it turns into another six day war situation. I don't I hope this thing is over fast. That's that's really what I'm hoping for. I mean, I I don't want this to be a long protracted loss of life for anybody. And and Israel's loosening its gun laws to allow more people to carry. So now you no longer need to go in person to be interviewed. You can do it over the phone. And they're promising to speed these up to a week. But it shows... So I can understand both sides of this, right? Second Amendment advocates here are saying, well, of course, if everyone had guns, they wouldn't be sitting ducks in the street. Absolutely true, right? But in Israel, there's such a real risk of... of uh, of secret like sleeper cell kind of attacks inside of Israeli territory that I can understand the need to be very picky on who carries. Because if you give a gun to someone who is uh, secretly aligned with the Palestinians, well, you just, 
you just enabled someone to actually wage an attack far beyond your checkpoints in the heart of of Tel Aviv or any of these other areas of Israel. So I can get both sides of it. But if you are Israeli and you are, uh, wait, what are you reaching? You reaching to grab your Israeli gun? No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Why? Just no, keep going. Just like, it just looked like you were grabbing something. If if you are an Israeli and you love your country and you are no real risk, you should have a gun. You yes. should. And, and a week isn't a week isn't going to work. You can't say, "Oh, we'll get you a gun in a week." It's better than not getting a gun at all. And yeah. you know, there's just got to be some sort of control, right? They're trying to. Fi- there's a lot they're trying to figure out here. And the the one of the lowest priorities, most likely, is is a an armed civilian populace right now. Well, they're because, handing them out. Everyone right. who everyone military service is required in Israel. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Wh- whether you are a reservist or not, they're handing out guns to everyone who's ever served. Yes. Uh, you, then, you get a gun, you get a gun. But the other people, that's who probably, especially in the settlements, they're yeah. who really need, they're the ones who really need the ability to defend themselves. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is wild. And now they're facing not old weapons that were cobbled together with broomsticks and, you know, springs stolen from cars. And they're Frankenstein together to get something that, that shoots. Yeah. Not well, right? To weapons that are now very well made that are designed to do exactly that i mean there's there's a reason and, why we give our soldiers the best weapons out made in america made in america yeah. stamped right on it yeah i i couldn't i hope to i mean imagine the feelings of betrayal seeing somebody holding an american weapon shooting yeah shooting your people right yeah. Some of the videos I've seen a lot of AKs, but there are groups that have M4s, yeah. clocks going out there, and it's yeah. awful. And we say here in America, everyone's armed. Don't worry, we would stop them. Most people, even in America, are going to take. They wouldn't quite know what to do in a situation where someone starts shooting at you, right? That's the other thing. So no matter how much you train your people or how armed you think you are, it only takes people who are motivated to go after you for bad things to happen. You know, the response oh, becomes different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the first, like in these settlements in Israel, the first people that got attacked, absolutely. But the 20th house to get yeah. ransacked, at that point, you know what's going on. Everyone yeah. had ran to their storm cellars, their bomb shelters. Um you're you're absolutely right. The average civilian would not know what to do if they were the first ones to be attacked. Mm-hmm. But we we're hearing stories of entire villages being wiped out, mm-hmm. not in one fell swoop, but by these militants, these terrorists, going house by house by house and just killing everyone. And I have to think that if they if those good people, those innocent people, had guns of their own, they all wouldn't have survived. But once you start hearing gunshots down the street. Mm-hmm and it keeps going it keeps going you have to think that eventually eventually you'd, you'd reach someone who would be able to defend themselves yeah or at least someone who would start walking towards the danger because that's what we would do if it was yeah. small towns right that's what you don't want to do you want to protect your village and i get it and i feel for them right because they were just sitting there living life these are people that were just sitting there watching television you know just being on the internet just reading books i mean everyday life and people are coming in and and shooting you in cold blood and broadcasting it to the people that you love that is like the psychological message in that these are monsters max that is 
that is not something people do. These guys were monsters for that. I, I hate saying horrible things about people, and I want to say that there's a bestness, but this is monstrous. It's it's hard to look at the look for the best in someone when you see these videos, and they 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 had GoPros, Josh. These terrorists had GoPros on them, and they videoed their assault, and it's on the internet. It's findable. I'm not going to show it here. They would kill people, and before they leave, they would smash their faces in with either their gun or just just the boot, their boot. Stomp their faces in, just for fun. Just for fun. It's uh, they're like animals. Am I coming in choppy right now? A little bit, but I, I, sorry, it, I'm also pausing hard because this is this is some of the heaviest things. This is probably the heaviest thing I think I've ever talked to you about. You know, yeah. you're talking about something that is a, a you know, it, you can't use genocide. It's not genocide because generally genocide is reserved for the same group, right? So ethnic cleansing is, is the most apt way of describing it. But when you ethnic cleanse, you are looking to remove a people from the face of the earth, right? You are looking to destroy yeah. lineages and families. And that is what's going on here. That is what so, this group is doing. This could this could reach the definition of genocide. The technical definition of genocide is the attempt to destroy in whole or in part a group of people because of their ethnic, religious, racial, because of their identity. And there's a list of those protected identities. When you see terrorists who are chanting death to all Jews or death to Israel, they go door to door and kill all the Jewish people that they find. There's an argument that that was genocide, not because, I mean, it's weird because you think of genocide to be much larger, right? But the only reason it wasn't larger is, is they were stopped, right? Th these weren't people who said, oh, we're only going to kill 900. If they had the ability to go village by village by village and hit every town and city in Israel and kill over Jew, they would have done it, mm -hmm. right? And just because they only hit a few villages doesn't mean that the genocidal intent wasn't there. So it's technically possible. Ethnic cleansing, absolutely. That's kind of like a square and a rectangle. A square is a rectangle, but a rectangle isn't a square. Um, ethnic cleansing can be genocide, but doesn't have to be. It definitely meet, meets the definition, though, 100%. And it's modern, and it's in, a, it's in a really tense time worldwide. You know what I mean? This is... I, I... And, we, and we funded it. We funded, we funded it. it. Let, let, right. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. We we spent so long yeah. talking about the horrors. We funded this. This is on us. Ugh. And everyone's going on about the six billion dollars to Iran. Absolutely, that made a difference because if you look at the timetable, they started really planning this around the same time that we were negotiating that release of money. Mm -hmm. So the timetable lines up. And the left has been out in force the last 24, 48 hours saying that $6 billion had nothing to do with it. Well, unfortunately, they didn't talk to Blinken, Secretary of State, because he was on television and he was asked point blank, just because the money isn't allowed to be used for terrorism, what about the fact that money is fungible? And here's his response. Say about the argument that money is fungible. So Iran may have known this money is coming and used other funds to help fund this attack that happened. Iran has ha, Iran has unfortunately always used and focused its funds 
on supporting terrorism, on supporting groups like uh, like Hamas. Uh, and it's done that when there have been sanctions. It's done that when there haven't been sanctions. And it's always prioritized. So that's from someone who argued to give them $6 billion. But he also said he knows that they always prioritize terrorism. So if you give Iran $6 billion of humanitarian food and medical dollars, dollars that can only go to food or medical supplies or humanitarian, well, that tells the government of Iran that they can take the $6 billion they were going to spend on food and medical, and you can earmark that to something different. Because, congratulations, the U.S. just gave us the money that we need. We're funding terrorism. We're funding terrorism. Like, all of the great conspiracy theories that have always been out there are like, it's, it's, terrorism is a direct result of the United States of America. In this instance, it is true. This is the hypothetical I use. Imagine there is a teenager. He has an apartment. And he doesn't have enough, he, he barely has enough money to scrape by for rent. He calls his parents up and says, hey, can you loan me $1,000? I need to make rent. It'll really help me out. Parents give him the $1,000 and say, you can only spend this $1,000 on rent. So he takes the $1,000 and he spends it on rent. But then he looks back at his bank account and he sees that there was $1,000 there. So he goes out and he buys a television, brand new big screen television. Parents come over to the apartment, see the brand new TV, and flip out. They said, how dare you? We told you only to use this money on rent. He looks at them and says, I did. I didn't use one penny of what you gave me on that television. Every penny went to the rent. He can say that, and it isn't a lie. It's not technically a lie. But by using the money that he got from them for something he was already planning to pay for himself... It freed up that money for a stupid purchase. So he isn't technically lying. But the parents have every right to be furious at him. Because it comes with an assumption that if we say don't use this for buying a new TV, that he shouldn't buy a new TV. If you're begging, 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 I need money, I need money, and we give you the money, there's an expectation that you don't then finance terrorism as an example like take this hypothetical and just apply it to terrorism that's what the that's what iran can do with that six billion dollars six million dollars is a lot of money they can move from humanitarian to sponsoring terrorism blinken admits that they've always sponsored terrorism so why are we giving them money in the first place he's admitting that they sponsor terrorism and if we give them money they sponsor terrorism I, mm -hmm. he's th that's the quiet part out loud i guess so why are we giving them money in the first day we, we so why is the money happening why is it continuing to happen why are we still dealing with them why are why are they getting all of that the prisoner exchange money why are they getting hundreds of millions of dollars for other it things? was their money so it was it was iranian money that was seized from illegal kind of oil sales so it had been seized and kept frozen so it was technically their money but the we also had every we had every right to freeze it and keep it away from them and to say that we know they're going to use it on terrorism but we're going to give it to them anyway and then pretend that that didn't happen is insane right right in an election year you know and all the what have you been to some of the conspiracy sites that i read that because i've already started filling that to see what the people are saying 
And, um, you know, everyone, the, the stuff that keeps coming up is that they've been blaming Trump that he would do such a thing. And here you see Democrats already like fomenting a war in Israel right before an election series to try to change the whole outcome of stuff. Right. I mean, is, yeah. So is it true? Is that part true now? I mean, is that how they're getting their money? Is this why they're, they're making these world affairs happen? I mean, how long are they trying to hold on to power here by forcing stuff over there? Yeah. Right? Well, Could that be so, true? I mean, we're definitely, we're, we're definitely giving Iran money, Iran money, and it's definitely getting to Hezbollah and, and Hamas. There's no way about it, but we're also giving money directly to Palestine. Like it's hard to keep track of the numbers because the numbers are so big and, and each article references the other ones. But just since Biden's taken office, we've sent them more than half a billion dollars in aid. A lot of it's monetary aid, just cash. Well, and what this gonna Josh, cash? They're going to spend it on whatever they want. This Josh was cleared just hours before the terror attack. The Biden administration used a loophole to grant an emergency release of $75 million of aid just hours before the terrorist attack. Bypassed Congress, figured out a way to do it without Congress, pushed it through. Just hours, just hours. That sounds, that's so coincident. Like the coincidence, is it a coincidence? I mean, if you're an investigator, you never, ever, ever believe in coincidence. You no, don't. You don't. So, oh. 2021. 2021, Biden ago. administration restores $235 million in aid to Palestinians. Some of it's food, yes. Some of it's medicine, yes. A lot of it's just cash. And Did Trump had blocked this. Trump shut it down because he looked at the books that they were they were printing with our education funds. And they, he was seeing death to Israel, death to America. And Trump, the supposed Nazi, according to the left, didn't want American taxpayers funding textbooks with nazi messages with, with anti-semitic messages the, the, oh. wasn't there some kid who had a picture of himself in times square holding up a nazi symbol on his phone that is the one picture i've seen yeah today so yeah. it's here and it's I, don't, it's I don't have that ready but yeah i've seen it wow but we're not even done. Cash. If you gave a kid cash, what if I gave yeah. some random person cash? What do you think they would do with it? Whatever they want, right? Yeah. For the most part. Not even That's, done. Wow. 2022. 316 million. This different year. New year. 316 million to Palestinians. So it's half a billion-ish in just half a billion years. just in the first two years. They haven't tallied up all of 2023, but we know that that emergency 75 billion 75 million that they snuck through. Is included so well over six hundred million dollars. So the influx of cash for all of these groups to start operations, start operations against Israel, essentially get their money at the start of the Biden administration, has yes. been funded by the Biden administration. Is that mm -hmm. is that what I'm getting at here? I mean, yep. it's what I'm starting to pull from this. So this this was an article from 2022. So it's it's old. The numbers have gone up, but this is. The Biden State Department bragging. At the time, it was four hundred and seventeen million, half a billion, um, including four hundred seventeen million in humanitarian assistance, seventy-five million to support USAID—that's mostly food, twenty and a half million dollars for COVID and Gaza recovery assistance. It's twenty million of just seventy-five in economic assistance. That's just money. 
just that's cash. just money. What do you think they're gonna do with cash? Forty-five million for programs to support security sector. What do you think happens if we give the Palestinians forty-five million dollars to support their law enforcement? Do you think that it goes to law enforcement, or do you think it goes to power paragliders, power motors used to invade Israel? That's the ultimate question. Um, right. I don't know if it's possible to train a Palestinian Hamas police officer and not simultaneously train terrorists. I don't know. Apparently it is, according to the State Department. I doubt that. I highly I mean, doubt that. Well, I, I got to imagine that's how you get yourself a really nice M4 and a Glock to put in the hands of what looked like an eight-year-old kid. Yes. Unra. Unra. So, so here, been, here's... A, yeah, yeah. Additionally, $100 million directed to the Nita M. Lowy Middle East Partnership for Peace Act for the first two of a five-year commitment to strengthen people-to-people -people engagement between Palestinians and Israelis. I don't know what that means, but I don't think that $100 million did a whole lot of good. Can we stop those payments? If, if we said we just dumped $100 million to, to strengthen the bond between the Palestinian people and the Israeli people, can we, can we hold future payments, Producer Josh? Can we hold them and just maybe take a step back and admit that that didn't work? Or do we have to do the next three years of funding? Well, I, I just, now I know where they got the pallets cashed by all the M4s and whatever other vehicles they were using. Because there were some pretty yeah. nice cars that were being used by them in some of those videos. Yeah. Some pretty nice cars. So where did they get all that money? It was just straight up cash. It's just straight up cash. And if you give groups like that cash, they will buy whatever is on the black markets because there's a black market everywhere. I don't care where you live. If you know the right people, they have the toys. Yeah. I saw one video of the Hamas terrorists driving a Jeep Wrangler that was nicer than mine. It's no problem. I don't, uh, people can have nicer cars than me. Mm -hmm. Just It's just a little weird to have this this country inside a country that you're told is just so poor and so impoverished that they need all this aid money. And they're driving around like a $100,000 Wrangler yeah, as, as, they're, as they're shooting the Israeli civilians indiscriminately. Because I'm not aware of there being a Jeep dealer anywhere inside. No, it's, it's super expensive there. to export you know what I mean? those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to come in from somewhere. Yeah. So, and who's doing it? Who's facilitating all these sales? Imagine all the spider webs that, that yeah. were secretly at work to make this happen. I mean, this is this has a, a smell of state-level funding and planning. So who's the big state behind it? Who's helping fund this? There's got to be pallets of cash everywhere for them to use. You know, where are these resources coming from? And how are they being utilized? And it's, it's going to be a task. Wall Street Journal. Iran helped plot attack on Israel over several weeks. So we know that. Listen, this this guy, whoever, I can't read it right now, whoever the general is who coordinated this, yeah, his days are numbered. Yeah. Mossad will yeah. get him. Yeah, they will. Like, if, if you stick out as someone, a one person who's responsible for the killing of Jews, Mossad will hunt him to the ends of the earth. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next month. It mm -hmm. might be five years from now. Mm -hmm. But he's getting a bullet in his brain. So he's gone. Yeah. I mean, he's he's already dead. He's just walking around a bar. He will time. not die of natural causes. Let's just put it that way. No. Um, but we know that they're doing this. And talk about the intelligence failure. If we didn't know about this. Well, what do you think is worse? 
that the United States didn't know about it or that we knew about it and didn't warn Israel. Because one that, of those two things are what it has to be one of those two things. If it's the latter, then I had I would have to say this is the most anti-Israel administration that has ever existed. If the first one happened, they have found a way to subvert our the way we sniff. So that certainly means that there is something missing in our data uh in our collection of data for that. And it could be that we've just turned a blind eye to it because we're too busy looking at ourselves and not the real terrorists in the world. And you so, alluded to that earlier. I, I believe that I don't have any re- I don't have any evidence behind this, but I have a hard time believing that an Iranian general could be moseying around southern Lebanon and we wouldn't know he's there mm-hmm. and we wouldn't know what he's doing. I applied to work at a three-letter agency mm-hmm. after leaving college. And because I lived in Lebanon, they dispatched FBI agents to interview the people who owned the apartment complex that I lived in, right? I had to give them references and they, and they sent out their guys on the ground. They already had guys. It's not like they flew them there. They sent them out to verify that I lived there, right? I have a hard time believing they would jump through the hoops to verify my the facts about the time I lived in Lebanon and have them not know that one of the top ranking Iranian generals in charge of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard just happened to be in southern Lebanon and happened to be planning something. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then we get to the really uncomfortable truth that if we knew about it and didn't tell Israel, that's a really uncomfortable thing to talk about that would uh ruin american israeli relations for the next thousand years there would be that that's coming back from that would be tough and i don't think our administration would do anything to to solve that it it just wouldn't if if the evidence exists if the evidence exists it's already been destroyed yeah it's gone i mean you're Max, part of me wants to think that there was a, there's something going on here where there's been suppression of enough information, I'm hoping, because if we didn't know about it, there has to be something that was outsmarting us, and at least our systems as that was happening. And that's where my big fear of AI starts coming in. Because what if they have a large state-sponsored AI that directed the attack? Because people generally aren't smart enough to pull off something like this without that's the Mission Impossible. Out. That's the latest Mission Impossible movie. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, you didn't see the the last no. one. No. Oh, Are you, you serious? See that before you see it's it's uh, an AI Spoiler. that goes well it, AI that goes rogue. They they tell you that in the coming attractions. Um. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But think. I mean, that is a push, yeah. right? That is something that people are doing. Who has? All you have to do is be smart enough to fool systems. Ask how this happens. Ask what I would do here, and then you just have to act on it, right? And it could be that, but that means that there's a really large sponsor behind that. And who has access to that kind of, of stuff, right? Well, it is, the the disconnect isn't as, isn't as large as there used to be, right? When we went into Afghanistan, it was American soldiers with night vision goggles, right? Dropping out of helicopters, fighting against Taliban fighters who had 60 year old weapons fighting out of a cave, right? 
Huge yeah. disconnect, technological disconnect. Yeah. In this campaign that Hamas w- uh, waged against Israel, they had drones. Mm-hmm. They had drones dropping munitions on Israeli tanks, just like we see in Ukraine, where uh, a drone operator just puts a little grenade up top, right? Flies it over the tank, pushes the button, and, and the grenade falls on top of the tank. Really simple tech. They were using that. It's Highly not the, the barrier to entry isn't as serious as it used to be, right? You can have a DJI drone and, jer- and jerry-rig a, a grenade dropper to it. Mm-hmm. You can. Yeah. I mean, it's, And, and, and what's, what's that put you back? couple hundred bucks it's cheap and you get to go blow up a 23 million dollar tank yeah. maybe more 45 50 million dollars i mean it is changing the face of of modern warfare you know the the large vehicles that are invading countries just they, they may not survive it those who know how to start coping with the swarms of drones and the smart ai that's out there is going to win this battle and that's why everybody's fighting over it i mean it's there, there, there's there's planning on a level here that is is not precognizant, but it, it they, there's outcomes that are being played out that I think some of someone behind the I think there's someone behind this that's doing that. They, they rolled the dice, right? Yeah. And whoever they are, I mean, they've got Ukraine in the pocket. Now there's Israel. I mean, I'm just waiting for the third one to pop up somewhere. You know. Yeah. South want, American before, country, before Latin we, America. Before we end, I wanted to play something that this is the new narrative that's being pushed. Um, Israel, Israel ordered the water, power, fuel deliveries, and food deliveries to Gaza to be shut off. And leftists on Twitter are, let me play, play the video. Um, this is them shutting, this is the Israeli shutting off the water to, to the Gaza Strip. They're claiming that this is a war crime. No, it was the Oslo Accords signed in the early 1990s where Israel agreed to provide utilities for the Gaza Strip under the, uh, under the promise that the Gaza Strip wouldn't attack Israel, right? Uh, imagine, Josh, the United, it's, it's hard to even imagine a situation where you could be at war with a country and the talking heads are chirping, oh, you have to keep giving them water. Oh, you have to keep giving them fuel. You have to keep giving them electricity. These are Israeli power plants. They're, they're saying it's a war crime. That that a country, not a nation, that's not really a country, a nation can go to war against another nation. And that other nation has to still keep providing them free or almost free water, power, fuel, and food. Was it a war crime when they were when they were harming those children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm trying to compare the two severities here, losing your water versus a village of, of people exterminated. Yeah. And this is what the leftists focus on. You're worried about the water for a group that is, well, it's you don't know how deep the terrorists it's gonna cells run. Huh? You turn you turn off the water, it's, it's going to get bad very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, if you turn off food, water, <clears throat> like all of that, it's going to get nasty. And they're going to try to get out. I don't think that Israel is under any rush to go in. No. Like, if you're going to turn off the water, why not wait two days, Mm -hmm. three days? Right? Uh, It it seems much like a much better military 
strategy to fight a bunch of hungry, thirsty people than not. I mean, if you're going to turn off the water, uh, don't rush. Right. But but that gets mean and cruel because you're really not supposed to lay siege to a civilian population in war. You're not supposed to. That is a war crime. So it it, it it's the balancing act, right? It's, I don't know. If they still have access to water and food, that means they're being supplied somewhere, and then you have to start crippling off the supplies. Yeah, Yeah, figure out where they're getting the water from. That's where they're getting the rockets from. That certainly is where I would start thinking, right? Because they'll have to start feeding that war machine. And let's be honest, they're at war. So the the war, the machine must be fed. They must have the fuel. So either they're sitting on stockpiles upon stockpiles, which would be a real security leak, but... Just wanted to show some of these videos. I, I want I want to show you some some stuff that I found really yeah. interesting. Yeah. You can tell when there are secondary detonations, like right there. Yeah. What What do you see in this still frame? I see fire coming up from well, a, an explosion that's already occurred. So two of those explosions look very similar. One looks very different, and that one that looks very different. It almost looks like a firework stand got lit on fire. Mm-hmm. And it's shooting out in all different directions, but it's also a different color. Yeah, which tells me it's brown, like dirt. That suggests to me that it hit a cache of weapons or ammunition or or explosives that were underground. Because when they went off, that created a different shape and also a different color dust plume. Because it's dealing with not just concrete explosives, but dirt. Yeah, there's a large uh, transmission of energy that came out of there. Look at that other secondary explosion yeah, inside like, of there. Like, like, boom. boom. Yeah, yeah. You, you see it. That's not the bomb that they dropped. That's that's that looks like a firework on Fourth of July, like a petal blossoming. That's not the bomb. That's whatever it blew up. Max, this is so intense. This is so. You know what really hit me today about this whole thing? Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I remember sitting in history class as a kid, and they, we talked about some of the Israeli wars, right? And the ones that always get listed is the Yom Kippur. Then you've got the the six day or six day war. Then the Yom mm-hmm. Kippur war. This is the next one in history. This is how pivotal this moment is, right? This is this is changing of the pieces on the chessboard of the world order. Yeah, yeah. No, it it is. And what's important to remember is that every time Israel has gone to war, their enemies, which more often than not have been the entire Arab world, the goal of their enemies has been to push the Jews into the sea. Mm-hmm. Happened in the 1940s, happened in the 60s, 70s. Um, if Israel had lost, they would cease to exist. And every time that they've won the war, like any other country, they've took territory. So they mm-hmm. took the Golan Heights from Syria right they started they started uh, settling in the west bank after one of those wars and when so when you hear the other side say oh we want israel to return to the 1967 lines what they're what they're arguing is that for israel to give up the territory it gained by fighting a war against the entire arab world that it won but if it would have if it would have lost it would have been pushed into the sea and they want to return to the lines that would have made it possible to push them into the sea. It's just, it's wow. stupid. Yeah, They'll never do it. 
Wow. They'll never, ever do it. Well, I'll, I'll keep looking for more video clips. The ones at night are really cool because you'll see a you see bombs drop, bombs drop, bombs drop, and then all of a sudden it'll look like a firework. Yeah, they go off again. It's yeah, like, boom, it'll, boom, it'll look boom. like they just blew up a firework factory because things are just shooting everywhere. And you hear from Hamas, oh, that was a preschool. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That or was you your stored bomb stuff in a, in a preschool. Because they'll do that. I mean, there'll be yeah. a preschool right next door, right? On purpose. Um, I will remove that. Sorry. Before, one more thing, because I did yeah. I did get ready for this. Yeah. When you mentioned that. Yeah, well, you're looking for that. But think about all those explosions that are happening. Look at how many caches they have discovered, how many times they have to blow something up, right? I mean, a mosque right across from a school. Yeah, so that little bullseye target is where they were storing, I believe, rockets, like shooting rockets from. You can see it's feet away from a mosque, but also just 115 meters away from a school. So the goal is to fire the rockets into Israel from this little stretch of land in between a mosque and a school so that when the Israelis drop the bomb, it blows up the mosque, blows up the school, and then they can go in front of a camera and say, look at those bad Israelis. They just blew up our mosque and blew up our school. How terrible of them. When in reality, it was the Palestinians who decided to wage war from a mosque next to a school. Wow. Wow. And, and it's, it's it's full of situations like this. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, oh, you hit a residential building. Where do you think they were firing rockets out of? Right. I mean, that's where they've set up. It's where their place, they are, their base of operations are amongst the civilian populations yeah. to push that narrative. Right. I mean, that's the whole point. They're, they're, they're playing the psychological game. They're playing the war game. It, they've got, this tack is war, man. Yeah. This is, this one's serious. And if and it just, continues... And if Sorry, anybody comes to their aid, that's the other thing. Are there any other players that start walking in to help the Palestinians Hezbollah. to help liberate them? Right. Hezbollah in the north. Um, and Iran. they could roll in. Yeah. Yeah. This is the other thing to remember, right? When you look at what's happening in Ukraine, Ukraine will fire off artillery or, or rockets, and then they will frantically drive away because the enemy, the Russian radar, can tell the exact square foot on the map that that rocket or artillery shell came from. And if you don't drive away immediately after you fire, you're going to get blown up if you stay in the same place. Oh, yeah. Israel has this same technology, the same technology in the Iron Dome system that can track the trajectory of a rocket to see where it's going to land. It's really incredible how it works. It tracks the trajectory and decides in a split second whether it's going to hit a population center or hit an, an empty field. If it hits an empty field, it's not going to waste a, uh, a missile on it. If it looks like it's going to population center, it'll take it out. The same technology that can track the trajectory can figure out where it came from. And when you see a rocket firing from the same spot a dozen times in a night, night, they're not even bothering to move it away. Israel knows exactly where it's coming from. And it just so happens to be in a residential high-rise building. Well, I'm sorry. If you live in the Gaza Strip and you, you elect Hamas, a terrorist organization, to govern over you, and you allow Hamas, a terrorist organization, to fire rockets from your building, and you ignore Israel saying, get out now, we're going to blow up every spot where there are rockets, and you decide to stay instead, as heartbreaking as it is to see collateral damage from these strikes, you have to think that these people should have known better. I'm sorry. 
that that might sound insensitive, but but they either don't know what's going on around them or they're complicit in it. There's no other answer. Yeah. Uh, you don't. Most people who live there probably know who the terrorist friends are, at least those people that 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 are leaning that direction, right? If you're living in that same building. And, and think about it. They're the monsters that are setting up in a residential area to do this. They're, they're, they're attacking the people that live there and the people that they're shooting the rockets at, right? They just yeah. don't realize that they're being victimized by them. You know, I hate to use that word, but it's true. I mean, they'll, they'll set up anywhere and they don't care who dies because they want to use it as, as something to display in front of the cameras. Yeah. And that's the barbarism that you're facing. These, these yeah. people, from what I've seen, have no respect whatsoever for human life. I, yeah. I've never seen anything like this, Max. It's, this, is a, this is an earth-shattering moment for the world. Well, as we get ready to leave, I just want to debunk a little bit of falsehoods. There's this church that was built 1,600 years ago, and the and Hamas is claiming that it was destroyed. The church has now posted on social media that everything's fine, they're fine, but it's remarkable. Go on social media. If you're watching this, go on social media and look up the Church of St. Porf Porphyrius, P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-I-U-S. And look at the who's who that were posting it was destroyed. And you can see the propaganda network in real time. How they went out and they pushed this propaganda before the church could actually debunk it. And say, no, we're still standing. These were people that were out on social media trying to get Christians to turn against Israel defending itself. By arguing that they were destroying historic churches when it wasn't the case. Um I, I looked at this morning and I could just see it. It's the same propaganda network we saw on like Telegram after Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, and we still see it to this day, right? Pushing falsehoods to try and get American conservatives to turn against certain things. Um, mm -hmm. It was just bonkers to see it in person, in real time. But we're out of time. We're a little over. Anything you want to end with, Josh? Man, it, uh, again this one just grabbed me so hard it's it's a pivotal change in in history i mean this is those unfortunate things that will be in history books and we have no idea how it's going to play out it's still going it's unfolding in front of us right now so scary stuff i saw someone on twitter saying we should bulldoze gaza and build a giant bucky's and wow. i i can get behind that um we can we can make the brisket uh Kosher. We could do it. We have the technology. Mm -hmm. We can do it. I mean, let's figure it out. The biggest Bucky's in the world. <laughs> we'll call it New Bucky's. Yeah. New Bucky's. What do you Kosher think? Bucky. I've never been to a Bucky's. Oh. oh so that joke, that joke went right over your head. Well, I know I knew what a Bucky's no, is, and I know that people what, who love Bucky's. Oh, uh, now you sound like a Bucky's person. You don't know. You, you don't know. know. I went you to Whataburger you know. based on your, your recommendation, and I was like, well, I, I can't speak to Colorado Whataburgers, but you don't know what Bucky's is until you go to a Bucky's. I've seen the shirts. Uh, I'll, I'm going to find out someday. I'm you got it. There you got it. We're going to a Bucky's. So. It, it, it's the only gas station I would I would say eat the brisket. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I can't wait. No, it, ha it has great food. It has great food. Really? Yeah. yeah okay. No, okay. Really okay. Fine. Fine. Yeah. 
We'll get Josh there. We'll get Josh there. Well, that's it for this edition. If you like the podcast, subscribe. All those links in the description. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, and Podbean. Links in the description. Please do subscribe to one of them, even if you watch us live on Rumble or on YouTube. Subscribe to Audio Edition. Set it to auto-download just so we can prove out those numbers a bit. Um, We go live traditionally Wednesday and Friday, um, so tune in for those live shows. And, yeah, uh, check out all the links in, in the description if you want to help support the show as well that's it for this edition my name is max mcguire and i'm josh hammerling remember the fight to take back the country and apparently the world isn't over but the only way we win is if we all stamp and fight together see you soon